The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven, and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them, and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. The Gospel of the Lord Paul prays for the Ephesians, that God will give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation, resulting in knowledge of him. And, seeing as it's Mother's Day, I think it would be appropriate that we pray such a prayer for mothers everywhere, because mothers need that wisdom, because they have to answer a lot of questions. About the time children start to get talking, but before they start school, they're in this range somewhere between the ages of two and five, when they tend to be curious about a lot of things and therefore have a lot of questions. And there is no such thing as one question, because invariably each one has several follow-up questions. And mom is often the only one around to field these questions, and so she becomes the great answering machine, whether she wants that job or not. Can you imagine the questions that would come out of today's readings? Why did Jesus stay 40 days? Where did he go when he ascended? You know, the funny thing about the answers to these questions is that they make sense if you understand that Jesus was trying to help first the apostles and then through their teaching, us, better grasp this whole divine mystery. For example, if we wonder why Jesus stayed 40 days and not one week or six months, and this is my opinion, my guess is that 40 days was long enough to convince the apostles that he was for real that he was not a ghost or a vision or some figment of their traumatized imagination, but was in fact the risen Lord and Savior. As it says in Acts, he presented himself alive to them by many proofs. And once that was done, it was time to move on to the next phase of our salvation plan, which was mission accomplished Jesus returns to heaven and sends the Holy Spirit for phase two, the church. Now, the second question is a little tougher because, as you know, it will be followed by more questions. If you say, well, he went to heaven, the next question is, where is heaven? And unfortunately, thanks to jet aircraft and the space program, we have been up there to date, and no pilot or astronaut has reported seeing Jesus up there. Granted, some may have found Jesus while up in a plane, especially during heavy turbulence, but it's not the same thing. And if heaven isn't up there in the heavens, in the clouds, 
but is really in a separate and distinct place in the presence of God that is not of this world, then why did Jesus ascend into the heavens? Why didn't he just disappear? You know, if we worked for a large company and the CEO of our company visited our branch here in Ashland and told us his plan for the company's future and gave us encouragement and assurances about our role in it, when he or she left, we would want to know that they went back to corporate headquarters and are there leading the firm. We don't want to hear that they never showed up. They haven't been to work in months or they left Ashland and just disappeared. Jesus could have disappeared, but he didn't. He could have vanished, like at the dinner at Emmaus, but he didn't. By ascending into the heavens, he left us with a positive, encouraging image to help us understand the truth of where he is, that he is in a place of power and control, of intercession and advocacy, with the Father and the Holy Spirit watching, listening, and responding on our behalf, a place from which he sends the Spirit so that we can live the life we are called to, an interactive, ongoing life with the risen, reigning Lord and Savior that is conscious of our life and actively involved in it to the degree that we invite him in. Some questions are tougher and often don't get asked, certainly not by our children, such as, what did Jesus mean when he said, whoever does not believe will be condemned? The reason that question won't often be asked is because these days, no one wants to hear that not everyone is going to be saved. To be sure, the church has never condemned anyone. But that doesn't mean the church believes all have gone or will go to heaven. Quite frankly, it's difficult to understand the point of preaching the gospel if everyone is going to heaven anyway. If the free will choices that people make have no impact whatsoever on their final destination, on their salvation, what would be the point in there being a church? What would be the point in preaching the gospel, in living a sacramental life, in repenting of sin, if we are all going to heaven? Why is Jesus telling the apostles that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them and that they are going to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth, preaching to everyone? Why is he giving them a mission if it doesn't make any difference. Make no mistake, Jesus paid the price for our salvation. But God also allows us the free will to make choices that will either claim that salvation or result in our condemnation. He who believes will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Knowing this truth is vitally important to acting accordingly. If I am standing before a frozen pond, and I believe the ice is thick and sturdy, but in fact it is thin and fragile, the truth that it is thin and dangerous, while not good news if I want to ice fish or skate, is still a truth that will save my life. But while Jesus clearly says that those who believe will be saved and those who do not will be condemned, we don't want to convert people at the point of a gun. 
Even though if you live a life of sin and reject God, you will be condemned. It's not conducive message to invite people to conversion by telling them if you don't convert, you're in big trouble. The better witness is loving people and sharing the truth by preaching our God of love and mercy. It is true if there is no chance of condemnation, there is no need for mercy. If people don't recognize their sinfulness, they are not going to be moved to repent. But the truest, most effective way for a person to recognize their sinfulness and to be moved to repentance is to have an experience of God. It is to hear the gospel preached, the good news, not the bad news. We want to preach the good news. Jesus came to save us from our sin, to sacrifice himself out of his utmost love for us. And that love is never ending. That love is life changing. To repent not because we are afraid of what is going to happen, but to repent as the key to opening the door to the power and awesomeness and joy of God. Repent because as we draw closer to God, through the preaching of his word, through the witness of his people, through the love of his church, the sacramental life and presence, the movement of the Holy Spirit, as we draw close to God, the light shines on us and we see our weakness. We see our sinfulness. As bad as it is, seeing it allows us to want to be rid of it. We don't want it to separate us from Jesus. We want to be completely enmeshed in the presence of God, to, grow, to draw close to him, to be hugged by him. We see our sin in the light. It's the way we were made, to recognize our sin in the light of Jesus. But if we choose to stay away from the light, to reject the truth, to embrace the world instead, put false idols in front of ourselves, be they money, power, sex, food, whatever. We reject God's message of love. We can't see our sin, and therefore we can't repent of it. And if it remains till the end, we will die with it. That is why we are called to preach, called to witness, by our love. This is why Paul prays for the Ephesians in the second reading that God give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in knowledge of him. That is what we all want. That is what the Holy Spirit is primed to give us. What he gave the apostles and the early church, helping them to understand who Jesus was and why he came. May the eyes of our hearts be enlightened, that we may know the hope that belongs to his call, the surpassing power of his greatness for those of us who believe. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.